Hey, babe. Hello, all, and welcome to the Affluent Marriage Pod. You're listening to one financial coach and one educator talk about living a rich and full marriage through generational wealth building principles, authentic two-way communication strategies, and everything in between to become a couple that lives in love and walks in wealth. Mm. Your legacy begins here. Oh my gosh, it's just such a good like. That's how we're gonna start every show. show. I'm excited to have it memorized. So who memorize it? Right, and <laughs> I I also want to be one of those people so that I don't have to look at the screen. I've got a lot of it, but yeah. So it's the start of episode one. This is our this very is first episode, and, and I'm yeah. already going to deviate mm. from the topic. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's do this. I'm um you know how when you open up a book and one of the first few pages is a dedication page? Mm, yes. I am about to dedicate you. Me? I'm going to make a dedication to you. To me? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to turn and I'm going to look at you. Oh wow, this is And awkward. I'm going to ask okay. you to take my hand. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. All right, serious face, Kim. Oh my goodness. I love you. I love you too, babe. You and I have been together since we were 12 years old. Which is kind of insane. We were brace-faced, you know, middle schoolers, and we were middle school sweethearts. We were immature little street youths (laughs) in high school, and we were high school sweethearts together. Mm -hmm. We were adult practitioners in college just trying to figure out what it means to be grown and we stuck it out through college and we were college sweethearts and then we got married and we are husband and wife father and mother we've got two beautiful girls i just i can't say how much i love you and i appreciate you (laughs) i know that this podcast is my passion project it's kind of something that i've been starting um, but you are the star of the show. Oh my god! I know that you will shake your head vehemently no. at that and you will disagree. <laughs> but when I tell you the things that you have accomplished and you have done in the last even four years, you just blow my mind. You left the classroom, you left the teacher's desk and you went to the home office and you built your business from the ground up and now you're a six figure just business chick, right? Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly proud of you. Thank you. And I know that if people stick around and listen, they're going to learn something because they're going to learn it from you. I'm just the guy behind the mic creating topics. No, you, you are the one so disseminating much. knowledge. I know that I know things, but oh my gosh, I'm making this, but it's because I'm trying to give you a platform because I know what you can do. I'm. I don't. That is my dedication. <laughs> if you're watching the YouTube, you'll see my face kind of contort because I don't know. You ever like smile so much that your cheeks hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's so sweet, baby. I, I am. Uh, you have always been my biggest cheerleader. This is such a gob fest to start off. That people probably are like, "Forget this mess. What are we listening to?" But like, it's my podcast. I get to do whatever I want. And second of all, I I wanted to treat this as like a historical document. Like, if you ever wanted to go back, you could know. Oh, if I listen to podcast episode one, I get my dedication. 
So I wanted to create this historical document. Hey, people can skip. We can leave something in there. We can say something. No, but, skip but two I, minutes will, in. I will say this though. Like you have always been my biggest cheerleader, like from even before when we were in college and you know, stuff like that. You've always been my biggest cheerleader. I've always had crazy ideas and um, I like things that I'd want to do, whether it's from like, you know, going to different vacations to, oh my gosh, I have this idea for what we could do for a business. Like I've had several different ideas. Um, and I, you've just always been a constant, like you can do it, like go ahead, go for it. And like to know, like this is what this whole like premise of this is about, is about teamwork and also about like, not being a dream crusher. Like we're going to talk about that a lot, but, but like not being a dream crusher, especially to your, your spouse, like they're your teammate. And, and when he decided that he wanted to do this podcast, I was like, yeah, let's do it. When he decided he wanted to leave the classroom and go get additional testing and said, you know, we just got our masters. And he was like, you know what? I want to switch fields in education. And I was like, okay, yeah, man, let's do it. You know, like, but to, to have that trust in the other person is so, so important. And I just really hope that that is one of the main things that people, couples get out of this is that it's not just about like, yeah, that's my husband. Yeah, that's my spouse and whatever. But that like, he is my best friend. And Hi. <laughs> um, he is my best, best friend. And I just, and he's my biggest cheerleader and I'm his biggest cheerleader. And I'm his best friend. Um, and you know what? In one of our first yeah. six podcasts, we're going to talk about why it's important to have a cheerleader. So that will be coming up. I believe that's in episode six. Look at you. Like he's I've already got, got it mapped out. out. Like, so anyway. now that I've completely just deviated from the topic, I want to try to bring us back. Yeah. Sorry and about that, guys. here we are at about like Actually, the six sorry, minute mark. Yeah. <laughs> we're at about the six minute mark and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get us started. Okay. All right. Let's so. Go. We have just recently finished a very brand new book yeah, um, by a hot topic author, 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 author right now named Rachel Rogers. And mm. she wrote the book that says we should all, all be millionaires. All be millionaires. Shout out to my girl, Alicia Bush, because she is the one who was in my DMs and was like, you've got to read this book. It reminds me of you. And I was like, okay. And I read it and I was like, this book is fan freaking fantastic. I love it. It makes me like feel so empowered about, you know, making money and, and investing and just like changing my perspective on like money and like building empires and all that stuff. And then, um, my coach, <laughs> I was telling her about it and she's like, Oh my God, I love this book. And it was just like wildfire. And then he was like, what is this book? And he was oh, like, I'm reading read it. it. <laughs> I had to read it. And I'll talk more about that in a little bit. I had to, I yeah, had to. It was so, so I guess a little bit about this podcast. Sometimes we are going to talk about books that we've read yeah. and kind of take, you know, mention our, our, our main takeaways. And, you know, we always encourage you guys to go read the same books. Sometimes we're going to read articles and talk about those. Sometimes we're just going to do a deep dive with Kim and Dan and talk about like our life experiences. Yeah. And sometimes we're going to bring people on the show who are also highly successful entrepreneurs who are absolutely crushing it in their field. And they're going to give you a little Q&A about how they got started, things that they're doing, how they saw success, how they saw growth, mm -hmm. how they invest, everything. Yeah. So and it's going to be an crazy, crazy learning experience for everybody. For sure. And, you know, you might have questions. So those of you who are watching YouTube or even if you're listening and you happen to friend with us on, on Instagram or whatever, like engage with us on socials and ask questions, you know, ask us what things you want to get more information on because we'd love to be able to support you and, and answer your questions here on air, um, on air, um, 
um, while we're recording or whatever, because I, like that. I mean, it's such a, you guys have real life situations that you're working through and we want to be able to support you any way we can. Maybe our story might help you. So the basic premise of this book, all right, the main like summary, if you will, of this book and what it's all about is it encourages women to embrace their financial power and build wealth. Mm. Would you agree with that? Oh, yes. Right. Especially financial power part. So female it, power. again, if you're not familiar, it's definitely worth a read. So mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest because you were kind of mentioning this, mentioning this earlier. When I heard that, you know, some of your colleagues were reading this book and when you were reading this book, I knew that this book wasn't for me mm-hmm. in the terms that I was not the demographic. I'm not the target audience. Right. right. But there was something about it. It was like your own little delectable secret. And I had to know. I don't know what movies you like where they have like, I, I guess like a burn book and stuff from like Mean yeah. Girls. Like just like it was like this I secret. I love that you brought up Mean Girls. Yeah, It's like this secret <laughs> book that like women were raving about. But it was like for women by women. And I was like, man, like, he I don't know. He wants to be in the girls club. <laughs> I just. He wants to be in the girls club. I gotta I got know. You. Like yeah, what's, yeah, yeah. what's the hype? So again, me as a white male, like, am I the target audience? No. Hello to the no. Like, I want you I to know that it not. is not for you if you are a, a white male. But <laughs> but I will say, even though I'm not the target audience, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that there's not wisdom mm-hmm. poured, showered throughout this entire book. Correct. I feel like it's definitely for, even if it's not your demographic, there's something you can learn about the demographic she is referencing. She talks a lot about um, the minority and the minority perspective, the minority female perspective. And so when you read it, there's, I mean, there's stuff that I read in there that I was like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about this. This totally blew my mind when it comes to, you know, how I view, like even the, the, the ability that I have to even create a business in the space that I am in, how dare I have the audacity to think that I can't achieve something or that I have self-doubt, like bump that. Like it really just caused me to recognize that, where I am is such a privilege. The The ability for me to build a business is such a privilege. And I can't, um, I can't take any second for granted because simply 50 years ago would be a totally different story and how I'd be able to do that. Um, so it's, it's a very, very good book. I think every, every person, especially if you're an entrepreneur, but Every person should read it. Like it's phenomenal. I think we've sufficiently hyped up the book. Correct? Yes, we've, sufficient. Right, so okay. <laughs> I have six main takeaways okay. for this book. I'm excited. Now, I mentioned earlier, episode six, um, we would be talking about like networking and such. So I'm thinking each one of these takeaways, we'll just do an episode. Okay, um, that's perfect. I was going to say, oh my gosh, you're going to say six takeaways and we're going to talk no, so much. No, we'll be here. And this will be for like a two hour episode. Yeah, we'll we can't do that. Two in the morning recording <laughs> if we did all six takeaways. Okay, good. All right. So take it away. If you haven't noticed, we like we like to talk, especially about money. Get it's us talking about oh money, God. man. We will, mm. we will talk. Uh, yeah. All right. Such a millennial thing. Here is <laughs> the first takeaway. And, and you and I are going to do a little myth debunking on this episode. Yeah. Um, because this is a myth. I feel like that has kind of like, I want to say it's, I want to say like polarized, but that's not the it word I'm polarizing. looking for. But it like, it's, right, though. it's tormented, I guess, women through society for yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, here is the first takeaway 
from We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. And mm. this is a myth we're gonna debunk today. Okay. Women have been socialized to believe that they are not good with money. And at this point, you may leave your comments as whether this is true or false. <laughs> now, I, <laughs> because I know. <laughs> I already know your thoughts, yeah. but the people don't know your thoughts, okay. right? They don't know what you're yes. thinking. So when you first hear that myth that we are debunking today, that women have been socialized to believe that they're not good with money, mm -hmm. like where are your thoughts on this? Where does this even come from? Why would Dude. a woman even accept this? Dude. It What's is, going on here? It is such a back in society. <laughs> go back to 1800s. No, but seriously, like women have this perspective. I feel like, especially I work with female entrepreneurs. So I don't know if we've said that. So my business, I'm a money coach. I'm a profit money coach. I love working with female entrepreneurs. I'm, I work um, with women who are really good at sales. They know how to make money. So like. This is the thing, but we have been socialized to believe that we're not good with money. Not that we can't make money, but that we're not good with managing money. If you look online, if you look on ads, like you'll notice that there's such this, this perspective that the woman is not the one who is going to manage the money. She's not going to be the one who's able to, um, you know, if she goes to spend something, there's always someone else saying, you can't do that. Or why did you spend so much money? Um, and, you know, sometimes it's the males too. Let me just say, but a lot of times in Not society, wrong. what they tell us is that it's the woman. It's the woman who's overspending. It's the woman who's not doing what she's supposed to do with her money. Um, women, the statistics around just women and retirement, like, you know, like single women who are like not paying attention to their finances versus males who have maybe access to that information because it's so well talked about in their workspace, whereas females don't have, like that's not our upbringing to learn about, you know, numbers and math. And not that math is my favorite subject because it was not, but we weren't taught about money. We're already not taught in the schools. We're already not taught in, in so many different places. It, it's just... And then society tells us, oh, well, you know, you just go be a teacher. You go do a female oriented, you know, thing and it all work out. Like you don't have to worry about being a millionaire. That's a man's job, right? You don't have to worry about being wealthy. That's a man's job. And I don't know. There's just all these these social parameters, even within a marriage, that the woman is the one who takes care of the home. She takes makes sure the kids are good, and he goes to make the bacon. He goes to make the 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 money, and he manages the money. And you just simply have to just get your allowance, and that's it. So I feel like there's lots of examples there, and I didn't give a lot of specific ones, but I feel like you guys can fill in the blanks. There's a lot of stuff that happens in that space that allows us to believe that we are no longer good with money. We can make all the money all we want, but when it comes to managing it, like we have this preconceived mindset that we cannot and it's crippling females all over the place. So again, the myth is women have been socialized to believe mm -hmm. that they are not good with money. I'm an educator, been in education for almost 15 years. Here's my question for you, Kim. I'm going to put it, I'm going to give it to you like this from okay. a learner's perspective, uh -huh. all right? In your, you, because you almost taught for a decade, yep. in your time in the classroom, was there ever a student incapable of learning? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It, and it doesn't matter <laughs> no. if they had a learning disability or a 504. In Maryland, we call them IEPs, Individual Educational Plans. It doesn't matter. they've got matter. IEPs everywhere. Maybe they are. I'm thinking think. of something else then. Like, but anyway. I was talking to someone from Florida. Anyway, 
it doesn't matter what might be inhibiting mm-hmm. a child from learning. They were all capable. You, I've mm-hmm. never in my 15 years it's of true. education ever taught a child that was incapable of learning a concept. Yep. They just needed different avenues. They needed different styles of teaching. They needed something different to help them to grasp that concept. Correct. But no one was incapable. So for women to have been socialized to believe that they're not good, like an entire gender. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. Because of what's between your legs. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You but it, aren't but it's like, good with like in no way, yeah. shape or form do your organs <laughs> determine <laughs> your ability to understand and grasp when you, a concept. When you bring it down to that level, it sounds absurd because, because it is. It, that's what I'm saying. That's how ludicrous it is to it's me. It's so stupid. That this is something that is legitimately believed. It's dumb. By men and Probably by some women too, right? Yeah. I uh, I definitely have thoughts on that. Yes. Well, here's the deal. Let me say this first. And I'm not going to talk yet. Because (laughs) when we were doing our B-roll, it looked like you were talking the whole time and I was just like smiling, which again, you're the star of the show. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to keep saying it. I need people to realize when I develop these podcast episodes, I have a computer full of notes for myself. Do you know how many notes I give my wife? None. It literally says, it literally says, can you read this for me, Kim? Kim's thoughts. That's what it says because I know that you'll go off. Oh, I will. Like, like I don't <laughs> have to create notes for Kim. I have I to create off. notes for myself. So <laughs> I, I did a little research. Okay. Okay. And I have not seen these notes. I just want to make sure people know. Like, I, I think that keeps it authentic, right? Yeah, it keeps yeah, it yeah. real. Yeah. Fidelity. Yeah. They did a survey. Uh-huh. And they conducted a survey uh, where they pulled together both male and female investors. Okay. Do you know what they discovered? What? That women actually saw more returns in their investments than men. It's true. And the reason is because Mm -hmm. women tend to keep their money, keep their stocks, keep their investments invested longer. Do you know what men are really good at? making brash decisions. <laughs> I was going to say pulling out, but that's probably that's probably a better way to put it. Men what? tend to pull their investments out. I don't know where your mind is. Men tend to pull their investments out more frequently yeah. than women do. It's true. And you will find in more of our conversations, the longer you keep your investments in over time, the greater your chance is mm-hmm. to have a positive return in investment to the point where if you keep your money in for, it says 30 years, yeah. you have a 100% chance of making money. Yes. Women are patient. Women have the characteristics of an investor that, I mean, would make so many women millionaires because we're patient. We're not, we're not about um, making quick, brash decisions. We're okay letting something sit there and grow. We're good gardeners, okay? Um, actually, we're not. I'm a horrible. I'm a horrible gardener. But we appreciate the idea of like I'm going to diligently put something over here and watch it grow. Like we don't mind the waiting process of it. Um, so yeah, I have heard that study, and it's a really it's insane. Women are so much better at investing than men are, but yet there are a significant less amount of women who are investing than men. I think it needs to be said, though, when I talk about these surveys and we talk about men and we talk about women, 
we're not using the word all men. We're not yeah. using the word all women. Like not all women Correct. are better investors than men. Not all men are worse oh, or better, true. right? Yeah, there's extremes. Not all women are socialized to believe that they're not good with money, right? We're not it's talking true. about extremes, but research shows, mm -hmm. data shows, right? We're using facts here, facts, all right? Women tend to be better investors it's than true. men, which mm -hmm. absolutely like rips the legs out underneath that myth, right? It yeah. just like completely debunks that concept. So true. So going further, mm -hmm. a little bit further, um, women, it is also true though, you know, women experience systemic inequalities. Oh, mm -hmm. right. Yep. Women earn less mm -hmm. than their male counterparts. The pink tax sucks. It's stupid. They have to take breaks from work. Mm -hmm. Typically they do that to care for their children or to care for their elderly relatives or themselves. Right. You know that Spain, I think it's Spain is um, one of the only countries that allows for women to take leave for their period. Really? Yeah. Cause that, that can be really traumatic for some women, right? Like endometriosis. There's a lot of like medical conditions with it that cause them to not be able to work. So they, Spain has I think a past a law where they can actually take time off and it's like paid time off. Good for Spain. I know. Hey, this is Kim Graham from the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far. But if you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I knew more about what's going on in Kim and Dan's world. I want to ask some specific questions and be able to get extra resources. Well, you might want to think about joining the Graham fam. Now, I know I love exclusive content and I love having more of Kim in my life. And if that's something you're interested in, you can be a subscriber and you can get exclusive episodes that no one else is going to hear that's going to help you build generational wealth and have more authentic two-way communication. Links are down in the show description. You'll be able to click and see more information about GramFam, and we hope to see you behind the scenes. Have a great one, and let's get back to the show. Women also live longer. So yes, all of these things, right, that I've just mentioned impacts their long-term financial securities, Correct. right? You make less, you live longer, you take leave, you take care of your elderly parents, right? All of these things impact your financial situation. So when you think about that, like instead of, you know, falling into this myth, really what we need to look at is the truth, look at the facts mm -hmm. and come alongside women and, and help mm -hmm. support them and try to combat this systemic it's issue yeah. that is plaguing women. It's true, yeah. And I think, um, the, the wave that I love right now that's happening is like since the pandemic and even probably before that, there's so many women who are choosing to stay home, right? Because they were like, you know, work is like crazy, right? So um, they decided to stay home, be with their kids, and they wanted to be able to have the choice. And so they've turned to coaching, network marketing, and other places that allow them to be flexible and still make money while being able to care for their children. And what an amazing opportunity because they're, the side hustles that you can get right now are kind of infinite. Like there's so many different ways that you can bring in extra cash. And you know, if you are a uh, caring for your kids and you wanna be able to have that choice and you wanna be able to invest and you wanna be able to save, like now is a better time as ever for you to have the best of both worlds, um, to be able to care for your children while also building an empire from in your jammies like you can do that now 
And it, that was not always the case. I, I think the, the other thing is even though the women in that situation, the, the biggest thing that probably gets in their way is that systemic like mindset mm-hmm. that I can't because I'm not good with money. Again, it goes back to that. So if we just like dismantle that perspective that we're not good with money and instead say, oh no, I have every opportunity just like any other person to create my wealth, then there could be more wealthy stay-at-home moms. <laughs> like I'm down with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um so yeah, it's it's an, it's a thing. And I think it's important for them to identify where that like socialized belief is is coming from, mm. right? Mm-hmm. They're since they were a newborn. It was in the movies that they watched mm-hmm. growing up. It was in the shows that they watched. It was in the books that they read. It was in the articles that they read. It was probably even in their own household, right? Mm-hmm. How many you know, children, I think about your childhood, just think about it. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. Was your father growing up that stereotypical dad? And I'm not saying that's a, makes him Mm -mm. a good or a bad dad. That's not what I'm saying. But was he that stereotypical male that he was the breadwinner? Mm -hmm. He took care of the money. He handled all that. Mom might've had a job too, but was she the, was she the one taking you to the doctor? Was she the one going to the parent-teacher conferences, was she the one doing those types of jobs? Was she doing the chores around the house or the cooking, the cleaning? Was she doing those things, right? Because if that's your whole childhood, that's what you saw, that's That's your mental So when you're looking for a partner, when you're looking for a spouse, whether you admit it outwardly or not, you have this internalized belief that that man that you marry or that woman that you marry is going to take take that that role. role. Right. And not, and not only that, though, it, it's also like when it comes to money and having conversations around money, if your parents didn't talk about money around you, right, but then you also pair it with all these other things that you're seeing around the, the stereotypical like household, you're going to internalize these roles and go, oh, well, it's it's not. I'm not supposed to do the money. You're supposed to do the money because I'm I'm the wife and I'm supposed to take care of these things. But what if I don't want to? <laughs> what if I'm not really good at cooking? What if I'm not really good at cleaning bathrooms? I'm not. He is. Um, I'm phenomenal. That, that is his job. Um, he loves it. And I'm Watch like, me Go scrub a it. toilet. <laughs> that thing will be so white. You I remember? Love it. Yeah. I love that you brought it all full circle. Full circle. Full circle. So I think that... Um, You know, like if you grew up around that and if you grew up around not talking about money, but when it was talking about money, it was fights. It was, how dare you? It was, I can't believe you spent that much. You can't be going around and doing all of that. If that's what you grew up around and it was never talked about building wealth, it was always scarcity. You have to be the person to recognize what you've just, what what has been happening in your life and be like, do I agree with that? Is that how I want my life to live? I was talking to someone today who said, I had to recognize that I didn't want that. I was tired of being stuck. And you have to have that self-realization to go, I'm tired of being stuck. I recognize that I have the ability to do it. Once you do that, then then you can kind of, you're able to actually roll with it and go, okay, no, I can I can do this. And then you're willing to learn. That's, right. that's the start. <laughs> Help me remember this word. If you're like, blinking and breathing. These are not things that you think about. You just do them uh, without thinking. If it comes to you, automatically, that's automatic, there's a different word, but if that's your life, I know you're going to think about it and I say am, it. If you remember involuntary, okay, those are involuntary actions. Like you don't have to think about those things. Right. They just happen. Right. 
And when these beliefs are so deeply rooted within your childhood, right. they become involuntary. You're not actually thinking about these things when you're looking for these partners and going into these marriages with these expectations. But like you said, I love that. When you become conscious yeah. of these things, like yep. that's when you can start to, you know, kind of dig up these things. And pinpoint it. And and go, wow, where did that even come from? And then it's kind of like therapy, honestly. Like some people call what I do when I talk to them and I'm like able to go a little bit deeper into like, where is that even coming from? It's like financial therapy almost like, because they recognize, oh my gosh, that's what my mom used to do. That's what my dad used to do. And that was my expectation. And so when I got into this relationship, I thought that that's what I had to do. And when he didn't reciprocate what I thought he should do in terms of like managing the money or whatever, I would get mad. So I would just, you know, like the only way I felt control was to go spend, you know, whatever it happens to be. But when we recognize it, it's really like you have a responsibility to take care of it. And either you can DIY it, which is totally fine, but know that you're going to have to climb those hurdles and keep pushing forward to like get better and to understand how to like correct some of those things that you've always, you've had to self-correct, you know, So or you can invest. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take us back to one of the statements that I said at the very beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. I said, I might not have been the target audience for this book, but there is wisdom showered throughout the book, oh, right? For sure. Right yeah. now, we've talked a lot about women. Yeah. There are men that are listening in and they're probably thinking, why, why am I, am I listening, listening to this, to this podcast about women? But I, I really want to pinpoint that and I want to talk about that. Because there, there's wisdom here, right? Right. As a man, I'm a man. As a man, it is important for me to know my expectations in a marriage, in a partnership, because it doesn't have to be marriage, it could be a partner, and my wife's expectations. Mm -hmm. So having that conversation about money yeah. and saying, what was your expectation when we came together? Did you expect for That's you to question. be like your mom? Did you expect for you to be like mm -hmm. your dad? Did you expect me? Or are we both doing both roles? Like, what is it? Now, you and I very much do both roles, we right? Do. Yeah. There's nothing that you do that I don't do and nothing mm -hmm. that I do that you, like we very much have a very like, we are both the nurturers yeah, and we're taking care of the money and the wealth, like we're handling it together. But for men listening, I think it's important for you if you're gonna have that authentic communication with your wife, you need to know what her beliefs are. What were yeah. her expectations yeah. in this marriage? And if you guys have limited beliefs, y'all need to squash that together. Yes, you do. Right. And to get over your pride over that. You know what I mean? Like if you're willing to have the conversation, be willing to trust that person. Like we talked at the beginning, this is your best friend, right? You, you're, you know, pledging your life to this person. If they are your best friend, you truly do believe and trust them. Um, even if you're working through, you know, something personally where maybe you had, you know, some trust issues before, you you have got to take the leap with them and having these conversations and being vulnerable and saying, okay, this is my perspective of what I view and, and everything. And none of none of what you're saying is bad necessarily. It's just good to know because if they don't come if they're not compatible, your view and my view of what it looks like then that's something we have to stop and like go, okay, well, can we come Absolutely. to a middle ground? Because otherwise it's not just going to go away. It's going to be a detriment. It's going to keep coming wealth. up. <laughs> it yeah, really will. It, it really will. It will be a detriment yep. to your wealth. Because money touches everything. So we're going to kind of bring it down. Bring this to a quote here. Ooh. Yeah. So I have a quote here that I think really applies to what we've been talking about. And then I also have our first affluent 
archive piece. Oh, oh my goodness, guys. The Affluent Archive is pretty awesome. It's real. It's real. It's real. It's a real thing. So here's a quote. This is from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Love that book. Great book, right? Great, great book. The single most powerful asset we all have is our mind. If it's trained well, mm. it can create enormous wealth seemingly instantaneously. So true. An untrained mind can also create extreme poverty that can crush a family for generations. Generations. It reminds me that quote, you know how you always see these shows where they're like, take a millionaire away from his business, take him away from his wealth, take him away from whatever, drop him in the street and see what he does. Mm -hmm. And they always find that like they end up Mm -hmm. bouncing back and creating some successful business, right? That person they don't need the money. Yeah. They don't need any of those assets because their greatest asset was it's their mind. mind. Yeah. If you know how to create a business, if you know how to make an LLC and walk that path, there's nothing stopping you. There yeah. is so many advantages to knowing how to run and operate and create and start a business. Yep. I was honestly you, right? I'm going to talk about you oh again. Gosh, this is what I do. This, this is, is I'm your biggest cheerleader, right? Dude. I'm starting this podcast and Kim has created her business. She's been doing it for like four years now. I had no idea where to start or where to begin. And you would just seemingly, you know, just pop off all these different ideas and steps. And like you had an organized list of here's what you need to do first, second, third, fourth. Like it was, <laughs> yeah. it was incredible. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, I think, I think here's the deal too. You probably, those listening, watching have something that you've done in your past that you're like, Oh my goodness! Like I knew I could do this in the back of my hand. Like I know, like riding a bike or whatever. It feels like that. Um, and there's a task that you could do. And once you do it once, and you have figured out how to like, you know, solve problems that come up, and you're able to do it super fast. It's easy to teach it to somebody else, or it's easy to replicate it, even if you didn't have any of the materials. You could do it, right? And so I feel like building a business is similar to that. Whether you've made a million dollars with that business, whether you've made ten thousand dollars with that business over the course of however much you have, once you have built a business once, and you see like, oh, you know what, that worked, that didn't work. Mm, okay, that sucked. <laughs> then the next time you do it, you're able to go over those hurdles so much faster. Um, and this is like my third business that I've tried. And this is the one that's actually worked. But I mean, the other ones have been a little bit like slower paced or whatever. But I will say like, I have definitely learned so much that I'm able to, anybody comes up to me, and was like, is this a good idea? I'm like, yeah, it's a good idea. Here's what I would do. I would, I could riff off ideas. I would not say I'm a business coach by any means, but I do have an understanding of like how to build a business. And, right. and it's the same thing with your money too. Like once you do it once, like it's easy to build. It's easy to you have the discipline. Back. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I would argue that you do have a lot of knowledge on being a business Thank coach you. just because you've paid for so many business coaches. I really have. <laughs> that's, that's my so, thing. <laughs> this quote has two parts, Okay. right? It yeah. talked about the power of a mind, but mm-hmm. it also talks about how it can really hurt you. So my really question for the listeners is what are you doing today to better yourself now? That's a good question the easy and obvious answer is you're listening to this podcast, right? Mm -hmm. But if you didn't have an answer to that question, then you kind of answered the first question, right? If you don't know what you're doing today to better yourself for tomorrow, then you're not doing it. Right. You're hurting yourself. So my men, right? If, if you're out there and you're not partnering with your wife in that way, or you're very much like, you know, I got this, 
you're really being a detriment to your potential wealth by not That's partnering true. with your wife because contrary to that stupid belief yeah women women mm. actually are very good with money yeah and i have another word out there for the men right because i know there's some excuses popping up oh, well they're so this or they're so that they won't sit down they won't listen keep listening to the podcast and we'll tell you how to make sure that you can foster that better communication between your spouse so that you can have these conversations use this episode as a catalyst if you'd like to <laughs> absolutely all right and you know just like there's that uh, belief that women spend money on all these like frivolous things, men spend money on a lot of stuff too. Oh, yes, they do. Men love them some technology or yep. some hunting. Oh, man, we, we like some stuff. Oh, you know? yeah. I love yeah. stuff. Do I you mean, love stuff? Oh, I love stuff. Oh, I love some stuff. We love some stuff. All right, I'm going to leave us today with our Affluent Archive. Okay. And then we'll wrap this up. Wrap it up. We're going to add this to the list. Uh, but your first Affluent Archive data piece or little quote that we've come up with here to kind of wrap it all up. Wrap it all up is your depth of knowledge correlates with your ability to generate wealth. Mm. That's a good one. Your depth of knowledge. Yep. Your greatest asset is your mind. And that correlates with your ability to generate wealth. Yep. So train it up. Keep listening to our podcast. There's no way you can't grow if you're listening to our podcast. Yep. Literally getting wisdom from a six-figure financial coach. And an educator who just does a lot of research and does a lot of work. We're pleased. We put a lot of this stuff into action. So we have like actual experience, oh, experience behind for it. Sure, for for sure. sure. Yes. So thank you guys so much for hopping on and for watching our very yeah, first Thanks for listening episode. to our first episode. We've got uh, another episode coming tomorrow. Um, tomorrow. We're coming working up. Fast. We're working. We are working on it tomorrow. We are going to record tomorrow. Um, but this next one, just a heads up, it's going to be talking about how to build wealth. Oh, I'm excited. I love building wealth. Building wealth makes me happy. I want to build more wealth. All right, guys. You guys have a wonderful day. Take care. Be safe out there. Bye, guys. Have a great one. Live in love. Walk in wealth. Woo-woo. Bye.